This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. My name is Jameer Dixon, and I'm a locating Mark Fieldman for PG&E. I protect people. I protect our community. I protect our environment. When you call A11, I come out to your house, and I mark out our gas lines and our electric lines to make sure that you don't hit them when you're digging. A11 is at the heart of safety. I want people to know what's underneath them when they're digging. I'm passionate about it because every time I go on the street, I think about my own kids. A11 is a free service. Even if you're planning a garden, no project is too small to call A11. Together, we're building a better California. You're listening to NBC Sports Radio. Sports Radio. Weekends. This is the Two Robbies Football Show. Your number one source for Premier League football on NBC Sports Radio. Now, your hosts, Robbie Musto and Robbie Earl. Hi, I'm Robbie Earl. Welcome to the Two Robbies Football Show. I've got my mate Robbie Musto, who was on sofa watching duty today. Musto, let's go straight to it. Manchester Derby, Jose versus Pep. Was this game as good as you expected it to be? It was better. It was better than I expected. I expected it to be very tight. Um, it was very tactical, but it wasn't tight tactical. Um, I thought the, the energy in the first half was not what I expected. I thought the up and down, the end-to-end aspect of the game was not what I expected. And i got to be honest, Rob, I didn't expect Pab Guardiola mm. to destroy... Jose Mourinho and United tactically like he did. I'm very surprised. I know it changed a little bit in the second half, but the overriding big picture for me is, wow, when City get this football style going, even Jose Mourinho, particularly in the first half, didn't know how to stop it. I just thought City was stunning, all without Aguero. And Man United, who brought the aggression and the, the mm. furious nature to a derby in the second half, they didn't bring it in the first half. That was my biggest takeaway. I was shocked, really, of how poor Manchester United were in the first 45 minutes. Rob, did it, did it highlight then for, for you, um, a little bit for me, certainly in the first half, when, when City were, were passing the ball around at will, that United looked mm. dishevelled all over the place. And it, it, the first thing that hit home to me was that midfield pairing of Fellaini and Pogba can't cope when they've got real quality players against them and Fellaini's not really an out and out kind of holding midfield play he's not he's not really that guy Pogba gets caught in between and and De Bruyne and Silva were dragging that that Manchester midfield all over the place yeah I agree I mean they're outnumbered they're Mm. outnumbered I mean the only thing I know he changed it in the second half Rob and I I totally agree I think I think Fellaini and Pogba for for all their in in inverted commas, physicality, there's not really that much defensive, Mm. I don't want to say mobility, because Pogba can go box to box, but but, but maybe intelligence or uh, defensive ability. So the two of them have absolutely no idea how to stop those midfield players of Man City getting around them. Now, from looking on from from where I was looking, I thought, well, Rooney, because it was emergency. It was an emergency situation. Mm. Rooney dropping on on the deepest player. Uh, Fernandinho, and allow the two big lads, Pogba and Fellini, to pick up De Bruyne and Silva, yeah. nullify, track them, man-to-man, yeah. 3v3. That he never happened. Up. And in the second half, Jose matched up with him, Rob, didn't mm. he? He matched up. He went 4-3-3. Three, three. 
They brought on Herrera, and he allowed those two to go a lot, lot tighter. Um, they, they played further up. They played longer balls to get back in the game. But, I mean, that, I mean of course, United won't face that sort of brilliant football um, too many times in a season. And they'll get away with winning lots of games, United. But in this game... Um, I, I just thought they were bamboozled in there and had no kind of answer to the to really slick football. I mean, the fullbacks didn't tuck inside. No, that, that was the one outside, thing I was just going to say. That allowed yeah. extra space in midfield for De Bruyne and Silva mm. to come in and do the damage. Yeah, and I just wonder about that, Rob, because Mkhitaryan and Lingard were bought in, and I think that was because they're probably seen as better two-way players to deal with the fullbacks when they came in. But what I thought he showed today was Pep Guardiola hasn't just got plan A, he's got plan B and plan C if need be. And, and Mkhitaryan and Lingard didn't really, weren't able to affect the game. And it was really interesting, Rob, because I want to get your take on this. After the game, Jose Mourinho said that he wasn't happy with a few of his players in the starting eleven, And I just wonder whether this was a cryptic message. And you've mentioned the likes of Rooney. Mkhitaryan and Lingard, I think, would be the targets. But you listen to this and tell me how you interpret what Jose Mourinho is saying. We start the game with uh, with some players below the the normal level in terms of, of their concentration, of their uh, mental aggressivity, mental availability to play a game of this um, of this speed. A few players. Yeah, I, I think yeah. Obviously, Lingard and Mkhitaryan were were way off the pace, way mm. off the pace, and it but, has but to go is, down. It's too a few. Jose was asked about it afterwards, and he and he said that he made a mistake playing them. Yeah. Um, other players, Robbie Earls, going yeah. to your question. Yeah. Eric Bailly and Daly Blint. Very poor, very slow out mm. the blocks, very, very slow to react to stuff. I thought Eric Bailly is the worst game I've seen him play for United. Yeah. Looked unsure on the ball. He didn't track his runners very well. I mean, the communication wasn't great with the midfield players as well, as Lee Dixon was talking about mm. in the commentary. So I think, yeah, I think there's four, maybe Fellaini, five, that you could pick out and say, wow, they, they weren't at the level required for a Mourinho team, for a Man United team, and particularly in a Manchester derby. Hold on, you're missing one player as well, Rob. Does Wayne Rooney not come into that category? I mean, you talked about him dropping in. No. You don't think so? No, he doesn't. No, he doesn't come into that category for me. I, I, I look at, you know, I, I, I look at the reaction of, on Twitter. I look at um, commentary about Wayne Rooney, yeah. about this and that, and Wayne can't do this and Wayne can't do that. Well, Mkhitaryan was pretty poor. Lingard did nothing. I, I, at least Wayne Rooney puts himself around. At least he tries to be aggressive. At least he tries to get involved in the game and makes an impact. Now, I'm not saying that Wayne Rooney's perfect mm. or that he's a player now that United should cherish for the next five years. But, but when people criticise Rooney and yeah. talk about he should be out of the team, he should be phased out of the game, well, mm. who? who? You tell me. You show me who's, who's playing better than Rooney, in that, particularly in that game today, and going forward, who could do a better job than the captain? Because I don't see it. Do you, do you think that Rooney should be out of the side then? Well, I, I think Wayne Rooney is one of those who may come under, under this, the, the microscope if in big games the team get pulled apart. And as you say, if he hasn't got the mobility that he used to have as, as the, the kid that we, we saw grow up at Everton and come to Manchester United. He's now in that number 10 role. But I just wonder about his, his athleticism, Rob, especially when they're not in control of matches. Yeah, but Rob, Rob, what about, what about talk to me. So we talked about Mkhitaryan yeah. and Lingard. Talk to me about Paul Pogba. I didn't yeah. know he was playing in the game in the first half. No, got so dragged all up, got I mean, absolutely I, I dragged it, all over it, the place, Rob. Got dragged all over the place. Didn't know whether he was coming or going. Yeah, so I, 
I just think there's nobody. I don't think today mm. is the time or the place to start picking out Wayne Rooney when no, no. <laughs> Fellaini, Mkhitaryan, yeah. everybody else, even centre-backs, had a very bad day. So, you know, let, you know let, let's, let's, let's see another two or three, four games, see how mm. Rooney's playing, see how these other guys, these star players, these new signings are playing. And then, for me, we can start thinking about whether Rooney should be in or out the side. Because let, at the moment, on that display, he should be in it because everybody else was, was poor in a huge game. Let me talk about a player who was in the blue today who was outstanding, Kevin De Bruyne. Just talk to me about Robbie's intelligence, his movement, his technical <laughs> ability. What? I mean, he, he was head and shoulders the best player on the park, I thought, by, by a country mile. Yeah, by a mile, by a mile. And, and we know he's, he's really talented footballer, but I think under, under Pep now, this positional play is it, it, different. It's mm. different. And I read, or I, I, did I hear an interview from him talking about it, saying it's very different. Even though I'm in a similar position, I can get, I can get forward. We're allowed to play a lot higher up because of the situation in midfield that Pep gets extra cover in there. Yeah, I mean, it's a, it, was a, it was a classical 3v2. De Bruyne was the, the guy that was behind uh, Pogba and Fellaini. They couldn't get to him. And, of course, when you give him that time and space where he can turn and run forward, he can shoot, he can play a through ball, he can ping it wide. I mean, he was magnificent. And I, you know, I'm not sure the extent of his injury uh, later on in the match, but, but, I mean, it was really, it was the star man today and mm. a player that doesn't really look like <laughs> a, a kind of a Premier League no. athlete footballer. It, My goodness, has he got some ability. And as you said, Rob, he's got some football intelligence. I thought he was um, incredible as well. Yeah, he's got to start looking more like a player and get a dodgy haircut, get some tattoos and, <laughs> and start getting on the, the front pages <laughs> of, of the newspaper. But it, it was interesting, Rob, because... Today was a day when they didn't have Sergio Aguero and people worried about how it was going to affect the team. Well, they had plenty of possession. They had great movement up front. Iheanacho did a good, good enough job as required in get to goal. You know, I think some people are forgetting that this was done without their, their top, their main goal scorer, their main goal scoring threat. Um, and, and when Jose Mourinho before the game said, well, it's more difficult because Aguero wouldn't be there, I think that was a bit tongue-in-cheek. But in the end... His team struggled, Rob. They, they couldn't cope with, with the movement of City. And at times, people like John Stones were turning up in midfield and firing balls through into the forwards. Yeah, it, it, the, whole, the whole game was, was such a, so interesting. And, mm. and the bigger picture with all this, Rob, is that, is that we, we have to discuss is the durability of these yeah. two teams. Now, yeah. it, was a, it was a thing for me where... You know, you we said, know we know how City play, mm. and we know how Jose Mourinho plays. And you said you you're you, you're saying that Man City are going to win the league, yeah. and I was saying, you know what? I think United will win the league because of durability over a 38 game season. Now, uh, uh, hurdle number one, in fact, it's probably hurdle number one, two, three, and four. Passed it, flew over it. Pep Guardiola's Manchester City. Yeah. Before you jump in on me, <laughs> this is a massive game in Manchester. Of course, the Man City players are going to be up for it. They're going to be at their, their, their absolute peak in terms of uh, mental and physical preparation. When it got tough later on, yes, I was impressed. Yes, I was impressed with Otamendi, and particularly defensively, and handling the high boards and handling the physicality. But I still stick to my concerns about Man City over a long 38-game marathon that that intensity, that focus might not be there week in, week out when they go to some of these the smaller clubs away from them and they might not be quite as durable. Now, it's a tough argument today to, mm. to, to make right now after watching that today because they were brilliant with the ball and without the ball. But I still, I still have my concerns and I still feel, by the way, that Manchester United, with their durability, with their 
mental toughness and their manager will still finish at the top of this league at the end. Robbie Musto, I'm going to blow the half-time whistle on you. We're going to continue this Manchester debate <laughs> after we take a short break. And I want to get your takeaways in the end from this derby. We'll, we'll get some tweets in. Plenty of people have tweeted what they think about Manchester. As Jose loses again to Pep in their first clash in English football. You're listening to Two Robbie's Football Show. We'll be back in a tick. Welcome back to the Two Robbie's Football Show. We're going to continue this debate on, on Manchester Derby. And, Rob, I want to point your attention to a man who made his debut for Manchester City today in goal. Claudio Bravo, $20 million, got his services to the football club. But, dare I say, a bit of a dodgy Derby debut? <laughs> Welcome to English football, Claudio, because that's what it's all about. I mean, it's, uh, it was a big call, I thought, to play him in such a, a big game. Um, I think we've seen already what sort of goalkeeper he is. I think we know that he's going to have to find what do you mean? Not um, very good. changes or adjustments to his game for the physicality, for the long balls, for the closing down when he's got the balls at his feet. Um, I think he's going to be a good goalkeeper for City, Rob, but he's going to be a little bit of adjustment period. Well, his handling wasn't great, certainly, for, for the, the Zlatan goal that, that gave United a little mm. bit of hope at 2-1. But I was more concerned with his feet, Robin, and I know that Joe Hart was moved out of the football club for, for the reasons that his feet weren't clean enough for, for Pep. There was a couple of times today, and you talked about it, players sort of closing him down quickly and, and, and blocking him with, with his feet. There was one instance particularly, and I know we, we disagree on this, and, and, and it was a challenge on Wayne Rooney when the ball got away from him and he kind of lunged for the ball, and there's a debate whether you know his studs were showing which part of the boot that, that got either the ball or the leg... But I just thought, for me, Rob, anywhere on the pitch, other than in the 18-yard box, I think it's given as a foul. I thought he was lucky not to concede a penalty kick in that situation. Yeah, I think Lee Dixon um, mm. didn't think that it was. And I, and I agree with Lee. I don't think it was a penalty. I think, I think you know, firstly, it was a 50-50 because both players arrived at the ball at the same time. Mm. Now, to get to the ball, Bra- um, Claudio Bravo had to kind of lunge in a little bit and I get that and I understand why you know that it looks bad and, and if you slow and people have sent me tweets of like slow motion clip yeah of slow motion now does it justice yeah. <clears throat> yeah I get that mm. but I think when he makes contact with the ball it's with his side foot so yeah it's dangerous to lunge in to jump in to leave the ground but when you get to the ball and your foot is in a safe position because it was side foot onto the football I just don't think that can be regarded as being a, a foul and a penalty kick and I think the fact that me, me and Lee Dixon thought it wasn't mm. Carl Martino and Robbie all thinks it was yeah. I think there's, there's indecision there and if he's not absolutely sure he shouldn't give a penalty I thought he made a right call there yeah, uh, you know, I'm not going to disagree. Sometimes you see things differently. But as you talked yeah. about, Claudio Bravo is going to learn about English football and, 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 and what it entails. Just give me a little... Listen, we're four games in. We, we can't be conclusive about anything. But Pep Guardiola, mm. do you get the sense he's starting to understand what this, this is about? What, what it's all... You know, he, he said today he was pleased that his goalkeeper was coming out at times. He was pleased that he got into some situations. So he'll learn, he will learn as a player. Do you think Pep's learned as a manager? Yeah, I listened to that, and it was, um, I thought it was pretty impressive, actually. Really, really excited about the way that his goalkeeper played today. And, and I think we, we agree that he had some dodgy moments. But I think, I think it's interesting. I think it's fascinating, Rob. I think what we, 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 um, we think of Pat Guardiola, we think of the silky football, the total football from back to front. English football is, is, is fast and furious. And I think that Pep, I mean, it's very early yet, 
is on the way to figuring it out. I think he will figure out when he has to knock it a bit longer, when he doesn't play those fullbacks in the centre midfield, which they didn't again today. I think he's smart enough to adjust. And I think the most important thing is that his players seem to have the, the, the determination to roll their sleeves up and to tackle and to run back and to fight and to challenge because you absolutely need to do that in this league to win it. And the times when uh, Man City struggled in the league under Pellegrino is, is, when, is when they didn't bring that physicality, they didn't bring that closing down and that it, it, mental strength. That's what he's bringing into his players, Rob. And I think, what, what do, you, do, do you think... That if this is going to be Pep, this is going to be normal Pep, mm. or is this going to be updated, kind of you know Pep 2.0 for mm. the English Premier League? Yeah, I think he learns as he goes along, but I was less worried about. I don't think you win titles in any league, and I know the Spanish league is not as physical, and I know some may say the German league because of the strength, but I don't think you win any titles, Rob, without having a little bit of resilience and strength. I don't think you can play the kind of football. Yeah. I think at times, you know, people see the silky things and, and don't realise it. There's another side to the game, and Pep's got that. He's been a winner, and I think he'll install it in this group. But just going to move the conversation on, Rob, because I want to get to a few tweets. I want to talk about go back to Manchester United because there was there was a number of fans on happy with the way things went today and you know you put it out there in terms of what does Jose need to do what's happening with the team and we've got some great tweets coming Matt Van Swarthout said talked about Mkhitaryan only having 19 touches in the first 25 minutes 17 of them were bad touches and intercepted Rob Kowalski said we need Martial and Rashford out wide and more from Pogba Mimar said, could we discuss Wayne Rooney and his role in the team, please? Because I'd rather see United weaned off him and sooner rather than later, which probably picks up a little bit on my theme, Rob. But there was definitely some unrest between the United fans in terms of what they were seeing in the first half. And it throws us forward to people like Marcus Rashford, who came on again and had an influence on the, in the match. It's 18 years of age, all these footballs ahead of him. But do you, do you have to start playing him sooner rather than later? Well, I think the fans want that. Um, Joe Kwa tweeted this as well, Rob, to say Rooney and Abramovich together are too slow up top. Mm. Rashford lets Rooney play drop a little bit deeper. So I think there's a, there's a general feeling out there that this kid, Marcus Rashford, has got to find his way into the team. Now, whether Jose wants him to be a left-sided player, whether he wants him to be a central player, which would put more pressure on Wayne Rooney, I think, I think he's got to play. I think he's got to play at some point. I think for the last couple of weeks, I think Rashford now, in my opinion, is ahead of, of Anthony Martial. He's ahead of him in terms of you know, whether he should be starting in this Manchester United side. I think Mkhitaryan, uh, Mata, uh, Lingard, there's so many other players for these wide spots. But I think right now, with form, I'd play Rashford. I'd put him in the next team on the left-hand side of midfield, Still Rooney in the hole, still Big Zlatan, of course, there. I'd give Mkhitaryan another go on the right-hand side. That, for me, would be getting close to this uh, best United team that they can put out. What do you think? Uh, well, I, I don't disagree, but I also think, Rob, we have to throw European football into the equation. Remember on Thursday night, Manchester United go to Feyenoord. You know, does he switch things around? Does Rashford start that, that day? Does Martial try and play his way into form those days? It's not just about the Premier League at the moment for, for Jose Mourinho. He's got to take the Europa League seriously as well. That might be a chance of Champions League football. Yeah, I think, I think to be fair, Rob, I mean, it is early yet, and mm. we've got European football to figure yeah. out. I think he is tweaking it. I think, he, I think the United team that finishes the season will be different 
um, to this team right now. And we've got, you know, we can't, we don't want to go too crazy here right now. He's a good manager. He made good adjustments today at halftime and he will get it right, United. Yep. But there was more than just the Manchester Derby today. Robbie Muster, when we get back, we'll talk about Liverpool having a good day extended Anfield. Arsenal getting the job done late. And Spurs chancing Stoke. Are they back? This is the Two Robbies Football Show on NBC Sports Radio. We'll be back in a tick. Welcome back to the Two Robbies Football Show. Time to talk Liverpool. And Anfield had 8,500 more fans in today and it seemed to make a difference. 4-1 winners against Leicester City. Robbie Musto, I think on our transfer deadline show, you said that Manchester United, Manchester City, Arsenal and now Chelsea will be top four. You dropped Liverpool out of your top four. Bad decision, Musty. <laughs> oh, dear me. It's so hard, though, isn't it? It's so difficult to try and... I mean, what, what I do with that is I try and I think about who's got more bad days in them, who's a little bit less durable than others. And, um, you know, I went for Chelsea instead of Liverpool for that spot. But I'll tell you what, I enjoyed Liverpool today. Yeah. It was a big day. First game for them at home this season. They played the three away from home before this one. Big new stand. Feel-good atmosphere against the champions. And I tell you what, the front three, yeah. Robbie Earl, of Liverpool, their movement was outstanding today. Absolutely outstanding. Now you saw little, uh, you've seen little, little bits of this in previous games, the Arsenal game, they had that 20 minutes of, of fantastic football. And in this game, there was more. There was more minutes of fantastic movement, fantastic football. Sadio Mane is a huge, yeah. huge upgrade at this football club. Pace in behind, awareness. Uh, ability to get near the goal, wants to score goals. I think Firmino is getting better and better every time I see him play. It didn't even have, it didn't even have continue up there. Lallana's getting stronger. Some of their attacking football was stunning today. I mean, t- defensively, mm. you know, yeah. is a different issue that we can talk <laughs> about. But I was really impressed, obviously, with the 4-1. Uh, a beatdown of Leicester City. They were good today, Rob. Yep, two two players. I think Sadio Mane just looks like good business. He's going to improve at Liverpool. Looks like he enjoys the stage and he's got a nice rapport with the, with the players and the fans. A couple of other players. Daniel Sturridge, I thought, was gave a, a, a professional performance. Listen, he, he didn't get his goal. He was involved. He worked back for, for one to win the ball. He made a, a great flick for the second. I thought he, his movement was good. It was unlucky maybe not to score when uh, Schmeichel made a decent save. So I think there's good signs for him that he, he's getting to grips with what Jurgen Klopp wants. The other player I have to mention, Rob, Adam Lallana. We've both said this boy's talented, got good technique, but he doesn't have enough end product. Well, that's starting to change. The goals are coming. That, that final bit in the last third where he's got to concentrate, where he's got to make the pass, where he's got to make the finish, we're starting to come in. I, what I like about Jurgen Klopp is I see that the team improve, but I see individuals within the team improving. That's what I think on the air, Rebecca says, is, is I've got the warm and fuzzy glow. That, that's what I like about coaches when they improve teams and improve players. The, 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 the elephant in the room, Rob, is at times of defence. Today, they were 2-0 up. And, and Lucas gives a, a sloppy goal away to Vardy that could have changed the game. It didn't. They got away with it. They were 4-1 up against Arsenal. Were sloppy with the defending, like Arsenal back into game 4-3, but got away with it. You can't do that when, you, when you're top teams. And James Milner at left-back does a great job for you, but sooner or later, somebody will expose that he's not an actual position. And, you know, Mares wasn't particularly on his game. Leicester weren't great today, but I thought that was an area where Leicester might get a bit of joy. Mares running away from, from Milner and causing him problems. Yeah, I, I think... I think that we have to talk about it. I mean, defensively, the goalkeeper and the mm. back four. I mean, I think, I think today was, 
was unusual. That many central defenders that went down, a lot of them went down with a bump, a big old uh, his clo- eye that. closed and a big old uh, black eye there. Uh, and Clavan's not fit enough to start. So I think that will get better. James Milner at left back is an issue. And I, and I kind of put a tweet out there sort of saying about Liverpool, uh, you know, looking really good. And, and then Will Kyle tweet me back to say, relax, boys. Defence <laughs> and goalkeeping wins mm, titles. Correct. Liverpool Football Club have neither. And that is true. And yeah. I think that is the worry. I think uh, James Milner at left back, I mean, I, I think we talked about it on the transfer deadline day show, Rob, that they needed yeah. full-backs. I thought Klein was at times good today, but at times disappointing. If they could only get a strong, settled, balanced back four and bring in Carrius, the goalkeeper, get him fit again after his hand injury, then it, it really could get exciting for Liverpool supporters. It's just every single week, Rob, almost, yeah. they try and play out, they fiddle around with the ball at the back, trying to play out uh, against pressure, and they give themselves, they're making their own problems conceding goals. They've got to figure that out, fix that problem, and then, wow, I mean, Liverpool can, can have a really, really great season. Yeah, these goals all over the team, and I think it's a great thing that, that no European football for, for them. It was interesting that Claudio Ranieri, before the game, was saying seven games in 22 days, and, and, you know, this is going to be a challenge for the squad, and it is. But that's what success brings you. That's where Liverpool want to be. That's what Jurgen Klopp's trying to build. And I think the building blocks are good, but as I say, he's going to have to address that defence, and it might take another window or two before that happens. But I just think, given time, Given the right resource and given, given a little bit of patience, Jurgen Klopp gets it right and Liverpool will be top four. I just don't think this time, I, I just don't think they're, they're quite good enough to, to make the, the top four spots. Let's move it on, Rob, to, to Arsenal, because I know you watch this game. I, I, I watch the Spurs game. We'll talk about them a little bit later. But Arsenal got the job done late and, and people will always say when Manchester United used to do it, well, as long as you get the job done on maybe not on your good days, that's a sign of a good team. Not sure you're totally agreeing with that. Listen, I, 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 I shouldn't have to apologise, but, but every time, not every time, but so many times I watch Arsenal, Rob, and particularly this season, you have, to, you have to evaluate or you have to comment on a team's performance by watching it. But also, you have to put it in your mind to compare it against other teams in the league this season. And I look at the likes of Manchester United and Manchester City and Chelsea and Liverpool. They look like teams with managers that are fired up, they're aggressive, they're determined, they're energetic, they're excited, they're even angry at times. Arsenal spent the first 15 minutes, Rob, strolling around, strolling around really poor. And at the end of the first half, yeah, I think it was 1-1 at half time. And I'm like, well, that's wasted. That's a wasted first 45 minutes when you're at home, uh, you know, in a game that you expect to beat Southampton, you waste that time. Second half, Southampton... Shane Long had two brilliant chances. Now, I'm not talking, you know, half chances, like, like one-on-ones, open goal, one of them didn't get good enough contact. They, they, they had a little refereeing decision that helped them out towards the late uh, winning goal. It just, it, it, there's, a lot of, there's a lot of cracks to try and paper over. And they got the three points. And yes, you're right, we credit teams for uh, finishing strongly. But this wasn't a good Arsenal performance. And, you know, we saw uh, Oliver Giroud come into the game, Sanchez. And it, there's, a, there's a great team in there. But it wasn't on show again today. And I just think when you look at the opposition, 
they could be falling behind, and I, I've got serious doubts whether they're going to finish in the top four this season. Wow, Robbie Muster, leave my Orson Wenger alone. He's, he's a lot older than all them other managers. He's got to conserve a bit of energy. He can't be jumping up and down like Conte and Klopp and all, and all those guys. But just quickly, Rob, as well, I wanted to, because everybody talked about uh, Orson Wenger not spending money. He got in Mustafa, he got in Perez. They played today. Any signs yeah. that that improved them? Will they be better for those guys? Will they be better for getting this game under the belt? Early, Mustafi looks good. Looks really good. Mm. I mean, it's first game, but I think he, confident on the ball, Rob, comes out with the ball, likes to get involved in the build-up play. He isn't that big, a little bit like Oceani, mm. but the two of them together, I think, could do really well. Lucas Perez, just felt a little bit sorry for him, up front on his own in a first half, like I said earlier, they just didn't really play. There was no intensity to the game. They didn't dominate possession. They didn't try and play the little clever football around the penalty box that we're used to seeing them doing. So I think he will be better. Where, where he's going to play and, and who the, the number nine is, you know, who knows? Perez? Giroud? I mean, I, I, you know, where's Sanchez going to Sanchez has been doing well up front. Is he going to be left? Is Perez, Lucas Perez going to be left? So my concern with Lucas Perez is that he's just going to be another one of those good forwards that Arsenal have got that doesn't really play in his correct spot or doesn't get the, the minutes. I mean, there's a lot of, there's a lot of players now. Mm. On the downside, Oxlade-Chamberlain, Theo Walker, again, Robbie Earl, Arsene Wenger continues to trust, continues to put in the side, didn't have a big enough impact. There's got to be tough decisions made at this football club. We've said it before, mm. and you've got to jettison some players that have not been doing it, that have had lots of opportunities for the likes of Lucas Perez to play a lot more. So I, 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 I think Mustafi looks good. Perez, like, yeah, that's, he's, of course, he's got to give him more time. And I want him to have a regular spot in the team. I just don't know where that's going to be and how often he's going to be a starting player. OK, Arsenal fans, sorry about Robbie Musto and Arsenal we trust. I'm sure we can uh, top, top four again, but it's going to be interesting. It's going to be a real fight. Sunday, Sunday, Chelsea travel to Swansea. And I'm calling it Moises Monday. David Moyes takes on the team where he made his name Everton on Monday Night Football. So lots to get across on the Two Robbies Football Show here on NBC Sports Radio. Napa know-how. Keeping it simple is usually a good thing. And when it comes to rewards programs, keeping it simple is always a good thing. That's why we made the Napa Rewards program effortless. All you need is your phone number to start saving on the parts and tools you need. Then we automatically give you $5 off your next purchase for every 100 you spend. So start saving today with Napa Rewards. Quality parts, helpful people. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.